What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the MP Students Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching this or you're listening uh, on our podcast app or whatever you guys are watching this, we are so thankful that you guys are tuning in. Um, I'm really excited for what we're going to be talking about today because uh, I'm personally passionate about the topic that we talked about in last week's episode, but I'm also here with two amazing friends as well. I'm here with Jordan, our student ministry director, um, which is interesting because usually uh, you lead these conversations and I just sit back and you know provide some answers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but how's it being on the other side of the table right now? Ah, I get to say whatever I want. This is great. <laughs> That's exciting. Whole new world. Yeah. And I'm also here uh, with the podcast rookie, uh, Carson <laughs> Robertson. Carson, how you feeling being on the podcast? I am a little nervous, I'm going to be honest, but excited? I don't know. Excited. Because of the millions of people that watch. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. why. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, thank you for being here for real. Uh, our, our content for this past week, what we talked about is our purpose um, and more specifically finding our individual purpose in life. Um, a lot of times with the things that we do in life, we think, oh, this is why I was created or this is what, you know, the reason I'm here on earth and whatnot. Um, but what I talked about in this past week's episode is how we cannot separate purpose from service. Real, true individual purpose is found through our devotion to people. Even Jesus himself, his individual purpose here on earth um, was to uh, seek and to save those who are lost. We find that in the third gospel of Luke. Um, and he clearly, throughout throughout the New Testament, throughout the gospels, he talks about his devotion through people and shows that as well. And so we can't separate purpose from service. And, you know, one of the things that I think is so interesting, I think about all of us, is we have um, found, I think, our individual purposes. And that's what I'm really excited to talk about um, today. But Carson, since this is your first time on the podcast, we just want to hear a little bit from you about you know, you growing up through North Point and kind of what you're doing right now. For sure. So I started coming to North Point way back in middle school, back in the transit days. And I uh, went, then I went to Inside Out and that's where I became a student leader. So that was the first time I kind of started serving at North Point outside of Camp 75 every summer. Um, I was actually on Jordan's team. Jordan was my first and only captain. I was about to throw that in there. I was like, you about to rush past that? You had a pretty good captain back in the day. <laughs> well, it's hard to remember, you know, so long ago. I guess I'm glad I made an impact. That's good. I'm just kidding. Obviously it was important. It made it in the cut. <laughs> so yeah, that was my first kind of experience, I guess, really serving at North Point was with Jordan as my captain. Very memorable, pivotal moment in my life, truly. <laughs> that sounds so authentic. <laughs> I just want Jordan uh. to know <laughs> that. And so I started doing that, and then I became a student leader, which was just kind of um, serving throughout high school. So I did different things like helping to set up for Inside Out, helping to plan Inside Out, all of those different things. I actually remember, I don't know why this memory really sticks in my head about being a student leader, but one week I was in charge of bringing the speakers back when we were in the Cedar Park Center. (laughs) And I actually managed to lock them and my keys in my car (laughs) while my car was running. So Inside Out started a little bit late that day. You had one job. Yeah, I had one job. And I was not able to deliver. So that was, I don't know why that one stuck in my head, but it really did. So I did that all throughout high school and I really loved it. Um, North Point is definitely a big part of my life throughout middle school and high school, just kind of growing up. And then I went to college. I went to the University of Texas, Hook'em, couldn't Mm -hmm. uh, not throw that in there. And uh, the first few years uh, while I was in college, I just kind of attended North Point as a guest every once in a while because I didn't have a car, logistical things 
that I couldn't get here, all those different things. And then my junior year, I think it was, I actually, I had interned every summer. And so that was when I actually accepted a position on staff at North Point as the logistics coordinator. So I did that for about a year and a half. I helped make inside out run, make transit run, all of those different things. And I loved doing that for a year and a half. And then I graduated college and now I am a teacher. Nice. That's awesome. That's really, really fun. That's cool. And your time here as logistics coordinator was awesome. It was so fun for me and Jordan, um, not only because you're one of our closest friends, but it was just fun working with you. You're awesome. Um, one of the things I, I think is so cool and one of the things I want to talk about is that you are a teacher right now. And I'm just super, super interested because I think me and Jordan talked about this a lot, you know, working at a church. But also I think schools are following it too. It's been incredibly difficult to lead and teach and, and do all these things in the season. So what's teaching been like for you? Because um, this is your first opportunity. It's not like you can compare it to anything else. Um, right. So what's teaching been like for you? So um, today I had a student tell me she was going to uh, break into my house and destroy all my belongings. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> but um, as crazy as it's been, which it has definitely been very crazy and very challenging, a lot of challenges in this season I think a lot of people weren't expecting, um, but especially working in education, working in um, places where students normally come to a classroom that they now can't come to, it's been very different than what I anticipated. I did a lot of time on Zoom, on my computer, trying to meet with kids that way, um, not really getting any like hugs or high fives that you would normally get in the hallway, just getting to see your kids in person, getting to know them face to face. Like this is kind of a funny story. I had one kid on Zoom who I thought was like a giant, like I thought he was my height and I was a little bit nervous for him to come back. So I was like, what if he doesn't like me? Like he could take me out. And then he showed up and he was, I'm not even exaggerating, three feet tall. Mm. And so I was just like, you that know, it's back memories. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of reminds me of you, Matt, actually. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets angry, he likes to make these little fists and, like, grunt. <laughs> so a lot like you. The yeah. The <laughs> yeah, you know, can't you just picture Matt getting angry? A little man syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's just different things like that. Like, you get to know them on Zoom, and, you know, you can't really... I mean, you see their expressions and different things, but you it's hard to have meaningful conversations, which is what I was definitely most excited about becoming a teacher. And it's just hard to know where my kids are at, what they're thinking, if they're understanding anything I'm teaching, if they find my voice annoying, which I'm sure they do. All of those different things that um, you just didn't have to think about before. And now as they're all coming back, because I work in Leander ISD, so they're starting to phase back in and we're having to figure out how am I going to keep kids six feet apart and how do I explain that you have to leave your mask on all day long and mm. if you want to take it off, you have to ask permission. And trying to teach kids six feet is the most challenging thing I've ever had to do because I will have kids standing like right on top of each other and I'm like guys six feet and they're like we are and I'm like no y'all like you don't understand six feet and then I'll have kids literally like 10 10 feet apart and I'm like guys like come on catch up and they're like Miss Robertson you said six feet and I'm like oh my gosh guys like we've got to get something together Goodness. so it's just the little things that you never really had to think about before like before trying to teach multiplication you know that's a pain trying to teach fractions mm. that's a pain but now it's like trying to teach kids six feet apart like that is such a pain so 
it's just dealing with different things like that. But it has also been very fulfilling. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of my kids, even through Zoom. I have kids every day who just hang out on my Zoom until I leave work, which I normally leave work about 5.15. Mm-hmm. So they just sit on my Zoom call until then, and they'll talk to me or talk to each other. And it's just it's really sweet. And a lot of them ask to stay on and eat lunch with me. So it's been a lot of finding different ways to kind of connect with kids and check in on them and see how they're doing that we didn't really have to think about or worry about before, which I'm sure is very similar to everything going on at North Point because I know everybody's just having to reimagine the way that we do everything, which I think is bringing out a lot of good things, but it's also making me and I think my students kind of a little bit, I don't know if nostalgic is the right word, but just kind of miss the way things used to be. And so it's been nice to have kids showing up again and they're kind of starting to realize like how important their teachers can be and, you know, how important school is and how much they actually miss it, which is also a nice attitude shift. I had one kid come to school on Wednesday and he said, Miss Robertson, I didn't eat breakfast this morning because I was so excited to come to school. And I was like, this is just the sort of stuff that, like you never really heard kids say before. Yeah, and maybe. so that's kind of a nice shift. I've never said that in my yeah, life. So. Never. Yeah, he yeah. was really excited. <laughs> and he's awesome. a big UT fan, so not to say mm, I have favorites, but he's definitely kid. up there. Yeah, yeah That's kid. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like me and Jordan can relate to a, a little bit of that. We've never had a kid, I don't know about you, we've never had a kid say they want to break into our house and, you know, <laughs> All that stuff, <laughs> but, <for> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I, I feel like for us, like when even when it comes to our individual purpose, our devotion to others, like your devotion to teach uh, all those students and all those kids, and for us to really make an impact in their life and, and bring God into their life, it has absolutely been affected over the last couple of last couple of months and obviously the next couple of months ahead. And so I absolutely uh, agree with everything you said. I think uh, similar to what I was talking about in the episode this past week, um, how we find our individual purpose for the students who are listening or students who are watching, that's one of the hardest questions for them um, because there's a lot of things, a lot of options, a lot of things that are available to them and they don't, we're not really sure what, what we're passionate about, what, what is our specific purpose in life. And so when it comes to finding our individual purpose and what we were created for and kind of why we're here on earth one of the big questions to that and how we kind of decipher you know what we were created for is the question of what breaks our heart like what is that thing that we see in culture society any injustice anything in the world that just kind of breaks our heart and it's like pulling out our heartstrings a little bit um whatever the answer to that question is is probably you know if, if we have passion around that um is something related to our purpose so our purpose is not specifically what we do um but it's an answer to the question of what breaks our heart so for both of you guys working in education and also working in ministry, I want to ask you guys that question of what breaks your heart and how did that get you started in your current career path and whatnot? Jordan, you want to kick it off, man? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's really interesting because I also went to the University of Texas and I kind of even want to talk about Carson's decision process when, uh, when we get there and when we get to hers, because um, we both went to UT and then went uh, on different paths. We both had interned at North Point and I stayed in ministry. I would argue that what Carson is doing is absolutely ministry, uh, but it's not working in the context of a church, right? So I went to business school with every intention of, you know, going into the business world. That's what my dad did. I thought I'd be in sales or marketing or something like that. Um, And it was my internship 
the first year at North Point where I feel like I started to come across for the first time of, you know, what really breaks my heart. And some of this has to do with my story and my context and all that, but I just didn't have great church experiences growing up. Church was really, really difficult for me um, on multiple levels. I mean, I didn't understand it. You know, I was around a judgmental crowd, which I hate when, you know, people judge all of Christianity for that, but there are absolutely judgmental Christians. Like there's judgmental people in any kind of worldview or whatever it might be. But I came across a lot of those and that kind of skewed my view of, of faith and Christianity and so I just really wanted nothing to do with church. And, um, you know, my experience with North Point was so life-changing from the perspective of I just didn't know how fun church could be. I didn't know how engaging, how relational. I didn't know that it was okay to ask tough questions. I didn't know that my leadership and influence mattered. I thought it was just all about, like, following these rules. And, um, you know, I, I came to this point where it, it breaks my heart that people— live every single day of their lives, um, bear the weight of, you know, responsibility of life because life is hard without knowing that the God of the universe has removed every single barrier to have a relationship with them, that they are loved unconditionally, have incredible value and worth. People just don't know that. Um, and it especially breaks my heart that it's unnecessarily difficult to figure that out. Um, and so I'm really passionate about removing the barriers um, that stand in between people in a relationship with Christ that just don't need to be there, uh, that, are, that are unnecessary. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what I would say I'm, I'm really passionate about is, is bridging that gap, gap, is creating churches that, that unchurched people love to attend. Yeah, so. I think I fall in the similar, similar vein, too. I know I, I've shared my story a couple of times here. Um, but for me, like growing up unchurched, growing up not going to church at all, mm-hmm. and coming and experiencing North Point as my first, like, church experience, and knowing the grace of God, and knowing that he's for me, and knowing that he loves me unconditionally, like, having that experience and realizing kind of what you were saying, like people in the world don't know that or haven't had an awareness to that. And the unchurched population in the world has, you know, you know, striked a fire in me to like help bridge that gap. And so I think you and I are very similar in that, that area. Carson, what would you say to that question of what breaks your heart? Yeah, I feel like similar to all of those things. Um, For me more specifically, I just feel like it's the fact that there are kids growing up who don't know that they're loved, don't know that they have value, don't know, kind of ironically that they have a purpose, you know, I see kids who think because they can't do one thing, like they're dumb or they're whatever. And it just makes me sad that, um, society has kind of put this value in school. I don't know what it is not. I believe school is very important, but like that they believe that one bad grade or not being the same as everybody else in one thing makes them less than others or that they can find their value elsewhere. Just that, um, they're loved. I mean, specifically they have a God that loves them, but being working in public school, you can't talk about that as much, but just, I believe all of those things about kids, about people, about everybody. And I mean, my goal in education is to make students believe that about themselves as well, because I think there's a lot of power when you're young and you realize that you matter, you have value, you're here for a reason. And maybe it is different than the person next to you and you don't have the same strengths as the person sitting next to you, but you do have your own set of strengths no matter, you know, no matter if they aren't the typical strengths, like thinking about school, like I have kids who are really great at math and that's awesome. And then I have kids who are really great at loving other people. And that's awesome too. They might not be awesome at math, but they're awesome at loving other people. And that's a really important skill to have too. Like there are more skills than the academic skills and all of those things. And I just wish that school ascribed a higher value to those so that kids could start to see that as they go throughout education, because being in America, we have 
an awesome education system. It's definitely flawed, but looking at other countries, not everybody has access to that. And so the fact that kids don't take advantage of that or realize the power in that. And so that's my goal as a teacher is to just make kids realize that they have value and that their education is valuable. And it's going to open up so many doors for them and that they have strengths, whether they're traditional educational strengths or not. For sure. For sure. And we were even talking before the podcast started about how when our our jobs or our passions, when we're pursuing those things, it's not all sunshine and rainbows every single day. It's incredibly tough. You were even sharing some of those stories earlier. Um, But I kind of want to ask, like, for for either of us, like, have you guys ever had a moment where you knew, like, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago, the voice of the soul. And that's the voice that says, like, man, this is what I was created for. It's that voice that you hear when you're in a moment and you experience a moment. And it's, man, like, this is what my purpose is. This is what I've created, what I was created for. Um, and I just want to know, like experiencing the things that you guys have, have you guys ever heard that voice? Have you guys ever had a moment where you're like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually, I think that's a really interesting question because there are um, a couple of moments that stand out really strong in my memory. And then at the exact same time, I don't know that everybody has to have that moment um, to discover what their purpose mm-hmm. is, right? So I don't want to mm-hmm. put that pressure on people that because you haven't had something like that, your life doesn't have meaning or purpose right, right now here today. You know, I think a lot of times it's probably a, a series of moments and opportunities and relationships, etc. But yeah, I think about, you know, my, my first summer interning with North Point, um, there's, there's two things that happened, you know, two weeks apart that I always point to that I feel like changed my life. And one was a conversation that took place at boot camp. And um, I was, um, it was with a, a guy that had been on the baseball team with me. And he came up and pulled me aside on the third night of boot camp. And he said, hey, can we go talk? And we went and sat down. And this was a guy, uh, he was funny. He never really had a whole lot of serious conversations. He didn't really ever let you in that much. Um, and, uh, but we sat down and, and I mean, he was like emotional, tears in his eyes. You could see he was shaking a little bit. Like it was hard for him to get out what he wanted to say. And, um, and it took him a while to say it, but he said through tears, he, he said, hey, I just, I felt like I had to let you know um, that if it wasn't for the fact that you um, invited me over and over and over and over again to boot camp, I really don't think I'd be alive right now. And he proceeded to share a story where a couple of months ago, he's a guy who had, you know, struggled with depression for a long time. And he said a couple of months prior to boot camp, he had chosen that like the night where he was going to take his life. And he chose how and the method and all this kind of stuff. And he said, as the night came, as he, you know, went, went um, home and was like, this is the night. He said he thought about our relationship and all the times that I bothered him, annoyed him, said, you have to come to boot camp, you have to come to boot camp. And he said, I'm going to give boot camp a shot because based on the passion that you have and the excitement you have for this place like I just want to see if there's something there Mm -hmm. and he ended up placing his trust in Christ at boot camp and and he talked about if not for that invite um, you know that that he didn't know where he'd be and that was you know to hear somebody say like hey like I'm alive because of my relationship with you um, it's hard to like get over that Mm -hmm. it's hard for that not to be a marker moment for you and then two weeks later, we're at the actual week of Camp 75, and I remember one of the last nights of Camp 75, he comes in face-painted, covered in chocolate sauce. He had been at Camp 75 Extreme, and he comes in, and he smells awful with pain and all that kind of stuff. And he comes in, and he gives me this huge hug and, like, lifts me off the ground. And now I'm covered in chocolate sauce and whipped cream and all of this, right? And I remember I, like, just a couple minutes after the night ended, I checked my phone with all this stuff all over me. And I saw an Instagram post from one of my classmates in McCombs. 
and he had posted a picture of his cubicle <laughs> that where his internship was going to be. And it said, I have it saved on my phone still because it's inspirational to me. He said, well, this is home for the next six weeks. Mm. And I just thought about, you know, like I could be the one in a billion, which I wasn't going to be, but I could be like the one in a billion that makes it huge and makes a billion dollars and starts my own company, just as successful as you could be in that world, the pinnacle of that world. And I don't think it would live up to like what I had experienced that night, getting hugged by a dude and, you know, whipped cream and chocolate sauce, like <laughs> talking about how he's alive because of what mm -hmm. we do at North Point. And so that was where, you know, those kind of perspective moments that, that you want to remember when things mm -hmm. get hard, like you said, and we go through seasons like we're going through right now to be like, to center yourself around a why and why you want to be a part of something like that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Carson? Well, I'm definitely in teaching just for the money, just to <laughs> clarify that right now. <laughs> so that's really why I picked it. Um, no, but some <laughs> more serious moments that uh, stick out to me was I, so I started, I guess, gaining an interest in education when I was in high school. I was a really, I volunteered a lot with Special Olympics, which was something that was super special to me. I loved doing it. That was kind of where I first got the itch to just work with people for the rest of my life. I knew whatever I did, I did not want to work in a cubicle. I wasn't going to go into business. Like I wanted to be around people because I don't know, I just think there's something special about working with people all the time. So um, I started volunteering with Special Olympics, went to school, and that's when I kind of decided I chose special education as my major. So um, I started learning about that. And at the time, I wasn't 100% sure if that's what I wanted to do. I was like, this would just kind of be a good degree to get. It would be interesting. I could use it for a lot of different things. So I'll start out here. And when I was in that phase, that was also kind of when I took the job at North Point because obviously North Point um, was something that kind of helped me live out those same passions that I had of working with people, showing them that they're loved, they're valued, all of those things, removing those barriers. And I loved what I got to do here. I I mean, the people I worked with were okay, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I worked with some of the greatest people ever that are still very close friends of mine. So I absolutely loved getting to do that. And then just what we did was so, or what y'all still do and what I did was just so unique. I don't think there are a lot of people who get to be a part of something as special as North Point and um, our mission and what we do every day. And so I loved getting to do that. But right around this time also was when we took our mission, we took a mission trip to Africa. Matt and Jordan were both there with me. And um, that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me because talking about our education system versus other education systems, Africa is not a place where everybody gets to go to school or is required to go to school even. And so just seeing what school was like there and number one, the doors it could open for people, but also how hard it was to access it, that really kind of opened my eyes to how special it is what teachers get to do because I think sometimes that gets brushed under the rug. You know, they become... You know, the people who tell you to turn in your homework and all of those things, but what they do is truly so important might be a little bit biased, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of people could agree with that. And getting to go to a place where it wasn't just taken for granted, it was um, definitely a moment where I was like, okay, like this is something that speaks differently to me than other people. And I think that's something I should pay attention to. So that was kind of the moment where I decided to really start to pursue education over 
continuing a job in like church ministry at North Point. Um, I was like, this is just something that I can't really ignore right now. Like it's speaking to me very loudly. And um, for whatever reason, I have a passion for it. I don't know what it is. And so that was kind of when I was like, okay, I think I want to at least give education a shot. And then oddly enough, I feel like these last few months have also been very reaffirming for me because I was talking about this before we got here. And I joke around that I have kids telling me they want to break into my house and steal all of my things or destroy all of my things, not steal them, destroy them, which is, you know, it is what it is. It was kind of funny when it happened, honestly, because then she turned around and drew me a picture and gave me a hug. So I was like, I don't really know what to do with you, but that's cool. But, um, you know, there have been a lot of stressful, crazy moments where I'm like, why am I doing this again? Like, why am I putting myself through this? But I wake up every morning really excited to go back and excited to see my kids. And I know that I matter to them and they matter to me. Like I'm learning so much from them. I hope they're learning at least a little bit from me, you know, but like I'm truly excited to see them in the morning. I'm excited to get to teach them, see what they learn, all of those different things. And I feel like if I can feel that excitement in the middle of coronavirus when nothing about my job is easy like everything is hard getting on zoom is difficult for most of my kids you know the internet dropping is the most annoying thing ever and when you're on there talking and then you look over and all of their faces are frozen so you know they haven't heard anything you've said the last five minutes is just you know it's like okay but it's so fulfilling at the same time because you know you hear from them like I want to stay on and eat lunch with you and you're like okay whatever but like those moments add up and you really start to build relationships and know that you're make hopefully making a positive difference in their life and you're helping them kind of on the path to figuring out what their purpose is and right now I teach fourth grade so I don't think they're quite figuring out exactly what their purpose is you know but hopefully I can play a small role in that journey for them and be one small positive um, influence on their life because I think at that age it makes such a big difference and so I just feel like knowing what I'm doing is something so much bigger than just me is what is so fulfilling for me and so I feel like that's been another moment for me just the fact that I still love what I do even though it's so hard and there are days where I just want to go home and get in my bed not talk to anybody but I still just love what I get to do so yeah if if I can like add on to that because I think there's a really big like learning point here especially for like students listening that I like I I super want to highlight because what Mm -hmm. I don't want people to take away is you have to wait for like a moment that Mm -hmm. impacts you emotionally Um, and also you know we've talked about things that ultimately led to our profession careers, which I know is that, you know, at least four away for years away for our seniors and even <laughs> further for students younger than that. But I think in like in the process. So what I got to see behind the scenes with Carson and part of the reason that I really wanted her to be a part of this podcast was um, about six months before that Africa moment that you talked about mm-hmm. and a whole year and a half before, you know, you would become a teacher. She actually sat down with me um, and met and let me know that she was getting really, really interested in teaching, which I think is like, you know, kind of a cool and pursuing it after college. You'd already been interested in teaching, Mm -hmm. but in pursuing it after college. Um, And I think that in itself is something cool about our culture here at North Point. Like, you know, not that I think about myself as your boss all that often, but ultimately (laughs) like she sat down with her boss to say, hey, I might leave here in a year, you know, Um, but but she said it very earnestly because she was like, I'm really wanting to figure out, you know, what God has for me. Mm -hmm. And so she put herself in this posture to be listening and to be learning and to be examining like what God put on her heart and the opportunities he was putting in front of her. Right. And I was very clear to say, well, 
like, I want to hire you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, like she would be humble about it, but Carson was fantastic at her job. She was a perfect fit in every way for the role, like mm-hmm. skill set wise, work ethic wise, you know, character, competency, just a really great fit for the role. So we were like, we, we want you here when you're done. Right. And then at the exact same time, <laughs> I knew what I didn't want to do was like get in a way of God's plan for her right. life. Not that I have the power to do that, but I don't want my insecurities or my fear of how are we going to fill her role or whatever to get in the way of that. And so I just asked like, Hey, would you, would you pray about it? Like, like, would you make sure you do that? And I'll be praying for you too. And I did. And then, you know, and then just be open to say like, what is, what is God saying to yeah. you in the midst of all of this? And then, you know, we could talk about the ways, but I think through relationships, through opportunities, then for moments, like Carson was yeah. in, in a position to listen when she got to, to Africa because of things she had already been doing up to that point. And me watching her, like in Africa, her sharing her like stories each night as we mm-hmm. gathered on the rooftop and everything. It was like, it was so obvious to me as much as I wanted to win and I wanted to be like, hey, come work. It was so <laughs> obvious to me that God had just given her something to say like, hey, like, you know, you need to go teach. You need to go pursue that. And so it was cool to watch her whole process more than this just magic moment right. that came out of nowhere. So, Well, it's always interesting how God uses people, relationships, and moments before mm-hmm. we even really truly know what our purpose or passions are in life. Yeah, um, It's funny how he uses some of those relationships and people and all that stuff, even to what you were saying, Jordan, about the student and going to Africa and whatnot and, and learning about the education system over there and whatnot. I, I think for me too, like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but where I really truly started getting interested in, in sharing the gospel and leading people towards Jesus and whatnot is my first trip to Africa. Mm. I was the only student there and I texted you mm. uh, like a couple days in and I was like, dude, I'm seeing things and I want to share it on stage. I was not a good talker in high school, <laughs> nor do I feel like I, you know, it was, it was more or less of like, I'm asking Jordan if I can go speak. And you just said like, yeah, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I didn't even know the process or stress or anxiety that it would take to prepare a message and to get up there and like share. And I shared my story um, for the first time, like publicly to like a lot of people, I've shared it privately to, you know, one-on-ones mm-hmm. and whatnot, but publicly to a room full of people. And this is when inside out was about 20 students and whatnot. Um, and in like, it was funny, like in that moment, I was like, this is not like the sunshine and rainbows. I thought it was going to be yeah. like, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I don't know why I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. I'm just sharing stories and whatnot. Um, and I shared my story and I had a conversation with one of my peers, uh, after I got off stage, cause I was a senior at the time. And that person shared his story Mm. and he was like, I feel comfortable sharing this because you felt comfortable sharing that. Mm. And it was just interesting that like the power of vulnerability, the power of those moments of like, man, I didn't really realize that my story can impact people in a way that they can now share their story. They can feel comfortable sharing their stories and ultimately grow closer to God because of it. Um, And so it's funny. I didn't even know in that moment that I was chasing my purpose or chasing my passion. I was just like, I think I have things I want to say. Can, you, can I say them? Mm-hmm. And you, you allowed that opportunity for me. And I, I feel like because of that, it's like those moments of like, man, people now feel closer to God because they can like let down their walls and be vulnerable and all that stuff. So, yeah, no, I love that you bring up that part. Like I hate the Instagram cliches that are like, yeah. love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. I'm like, that's, that's not true. It's not like, true. You know, <laughs> like if you do something that's like important, significant, that matters, that taps into your creativity or you have to grow to work at, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. absolutely going to take a lot of hard work. And a lot of days you're going to question, is this where I'm supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, um, but it's the moments that you talked about that, that bring a lot of clarity. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. One of the last questions I want to ask is just for you two, 
what advice would you give to someone, a student who is watching this, listening to this, um, what advice would you give them uh, to start finding their individual purpose? Um, you know, I feel like God places things on our hearts. We see things in society and culture and whatnot. Um, but what just what advice would you guys give for someone who is searching for their individual purpose? Yeah, well, I, I can jump in and, you know, take it wherever you want. I wish we had a nice, clean, like, hey, here's three points. Or yeah, something. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there there is a, to me, um, of course, I'm biased. And so if you're, you know, if you're not a Christian um, or you you don't know what you, you think about God, like, I love that you're even listening this far into the conversation. That's so yeah. awesome. And, and that's a journey in and of itself. But for me, as somebody who, you know, faith is a cornerstone for me, I, it's it's not just like a cliche to say, like, pray. Like, mm-hmm. that's a genuine starting point. Um, I'm not saying that God's going to come down in some kind of burning bush and tell you what you're supposed to do with your life. But just spending time with him does bring a perspective around what's, you know, most important in life. And a- as you're talking to him and praying to him, I think that's a great starting point. I think, you know, searching the scriptures for what he says about what's meaningful. I'm like, I think those are great starting points. And I really don't want people to just skip that and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, but what else kind of practical? I'm like, no, I think starting there, I think that's, that's just so important. Whether you're thinking about, should I try out for the football? team or should I join this club or should I get a job or should I you know whatever it is like I think that's an awesome starting point Um, then I think there are trustworthy relationships in our life you know um, that are people maybe that are a couple years you know ahead of you like a stage ahead of you um, later in life etc they can give you some perspective so I think you know talking to people um, that that you trust you can find anybody to kind of justify whatever Mm -hmm. you want so I'm not just saying like find people that'll justify you know your actions or decisions but just people that'll be honest and real with you and say like, yeah, I, I see that in you. I see that gift in you. I see that talent in you. You know, if I decided tomorrow that I wanted to go try out for American Idol, I would expect you guys to tell me not to do so, you know, say, Hey, God did not give that to you. Like you are not born to sing, you know, like just that kind of thing. So you need some people that will, you know, keep you, um, on that track as well. And I think that's a a really important one. And then I, I love what you talked about this week to say, uh, more or less like, is, is my purpose about me or is it about others? Like, is it about my status? Is it about me gaining more followers, my popularity, so people will know my name, you know, later in life, money, titles, that kind of thing? Um, or is this going to make a difference, you know, in the world around me? Um, I love that you said you can't separate purpose and service. You know, it's such a memorable bottom line to me. And I think that's another just, like, grid for people that's going to be like, uh, you know, is this, is this really a purpose thing or is this, like, a hobby thing mm-hmm. um, when I'm thinking, is it just going to advance me or is it going to make a difference in the world around me? For so, sure. For sure. Yeah, there's a couple l- ones coming to my mind. I like what you said about prayer. I just want to add to that real quick. A lot of times when we think of prayer, we think of like our requests or our demands to God and having a one-way conversation with him. And what's beautiful about a relationship with God in in any great relationship you have, there are two-way conversations. And so when we pray to God and we're trying to search for our purpose and we're wondering what what our next step is in that, having opportunities to listen to what God has to say, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we'll hear it audibly. Sometimes it's just more or less of like, man, what's going on? But like when we allow times to just be still and know that he is with us, and allowing time for for him to speak into our lives, um, I think is really great when it comes to praying. So I liked all of that. Carson, what about you? Um, yes, I agree definitely with the prayer. That was a big part of kind of my journey, I guess, uh, to make the decision of what I wanted to do is also talking with Jordan. It was just a lot of listening to those trustworthy people and, you know, talking to God and just really taking some time to kind of, you know, ask him to show me what I should do because I didn't know. I think lucky for me, I had two great options. I think whichever route I would have taken, like I would have felt very fulfilled. I would have been doing something that fulfilled that desire, that purpose inside of me to serve others and to love other people. But 
in the end, I knew that teaching was kind of more where that pull was for me. And um, I just think it's so important, kind of like you were talking about in the message, is just service. That was how I really figured out I wanted to work with people. That was how I even started entertaining the idea of education was through my service with Special Olympics. I don't think it obviously has to be that, but I think finding what you're passionate about through service is going to help you figure out what you want to even think about once you get to college because, or I mean, I'm thinking about that professionally, but what that purpose might be for you in whatever way you want to pursue that. Because I just feel like that opened my eyes to a world that I didn't even really know much about, like Mm -hmm. in special education and in teaching and different things. And so that was definitely a big moment for me or a big factor leading up to my decision. And then um, the other thing I was just thinking about was, oh gosh, this is what happens to me at school. I always tell my kids I would lose my head if it wasn't attached to my body. (laughs) 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 And they think it's like the funniest thing ever. And so y'all are just getting a glimpse into what it's like being in my class. Mm. Um, Oh, the other thing I was thinking about, see, I told you it would come back to me and it just did, was that it's not always this kind of, we've touched on it a lot, but it's, it's a long journey to kind of figure out what that process is. And that's okay. And I think fulfilling that Um, what that purpose is, it looks different in different parts of your life. Like for a while, and it still would be like, I was super, like I was fulfilling that purpose through interning, through working at North Point, being a transit or a transit in an inside out small group leader. Like those are always, I fulfill that purpose of serving others. And then I found teaching and that was just like, okay, like here's where I'm meant to be. It's not like it happens overnight or you've got one shot to figure it out. Like you can always change what you want to do. You can always find new ways to fulfill that purpose and it might look different and that's totally okay and it might take some time to figure out what it is and that's totally okay I had no idea that this is where I would be a year ago a year and a half ago like I wasn't really expecting that I definitely thought I'd be working at North Point or doing something different maybe going to grad school and now here I am and it's not all sunshine and rainbows I think any teacher would tell you that especially right now like every day is not easy some days I call my mom and I'm just like why did I do this again but you know like I said every day I'm excited about something there's something that gets me out of bed makes me excited to go back to work even if I know it might be a hard day and so I think that misconception like once you find your purpose it'll be easy like that's not true or it shouldn't be I don't think because I think if you're really doing something bigger than yourself it's hard and it takes a lot of energy and I go home exhausted every single day but like it's so rewarding at the same time and I think that it's you know you got to put in that effort to get that reward so like you can take the easy way out but I don't think it'll be as fulfilling Mm -hmm. absolutely I think through this podcast and then also through our episode that we just released, I think we've done a really good job talking about our individual purpose. Um, but Jordan, you and I were talking before the podcast started about just our overall purpose. Um, Cause I think both of, both of us really uh, agree with the statement that we were created on purpose for a purpose mm-hmm. um, by our creator. And I would love for you to hit on that just a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, um, this was important to me to talk about because I, I, I kind of want to give everybody walking away with like a blanket statement to say, hey, this is your purpose. Like if you've listened this far in and you're like, well, dang it, you know, I, I've not had that moment of clarity yet. I mean, you can go your whole life and maybe not get that quite precision that we've talked about so far. Certainly if, you know, you're 10 to 18 years old listening to this, like that could be in all likelihood you haven't come across that moment yet. Um but there is this this greater purpose that that I would actually argue all humans are are made for. I think um, if you're a Christian, then this is kind of a definitive answer for you. But ultimately, when you look throughout the scriptures, it is very clear that that the fundamental purpose of of each human is to know God and to glorify Him. 
I mean, that really is why we're created. And, and that can be a little bit of a confusing word, you know, glorify. What does that mean? We don't use that a lot outside of a church context, but, um, we can't add to God's glory. It's not like, you know, he's less than without us or anything like that. But to glorify really means to make the, the hidden things of God, the character of God, the beauty of God seen and known and people recognize it. Um, that's why we talk about like Jesus, you know, being the, the perfect example of that because he was God exemplified. We saw all of these hidden characteristics, characteristics and qualities of God so evident in Jesus. Um, and so that's, that's the perfect example of that, but it's almost like the closer I get to know Matt, it should be almost like, gosh, God is so much more real to me because I know Matt, like, wow, God is amazing because I know Matt, because everything about the way that Matt lives and Matt's character and Matt's qualities are, are pointing, um, to his savior. And so at the end of the day, we're, we're really designed to be in this relationship with the God of the universe who created us, um, to enjoy him. And then by the way that we treat and we love, and we serve the people around us, like we're just giving glory to him. We're just pointing people back to him. And, and that is true no matter where you're at. It's true if you're trying to like, Carson and I recently, like trying to figure out what you want to do professionally with your life, whether you're a doctor or a baseball player or in the military or stay-at-home mom. It's true if you're a middle schooler or a high schooler and you're just trying to figure out, do I still want to play this sport or do I want to join this club or do I want to be a part of this friend group or what do I do with this, you know, my boyfriend or girlfriend? Like in all of those scenarios, you have an opportunity to glorify God in, in all of the decisions that you're making. Um, and that really is is what we're all trying to do um, with our lives, whatever the practical application of that um, ends up being. And so I just felt like that was something really important um, to highlight. And you see that um, in Isaiah 43, and it says, you know, quite literally um, that God is speaking in this, uh, in this verse, in verse seven. And he says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. He's saying, I, I created people for my glory. That's, that's why I made them. Um, and so, um, I think that's like a helpful starting point that even if I have not yet or have no idea even where to start with the practical, that, that big purpose is still true for me because I'm a human. I love that. I love that. I love how you, you tie that up at the end. Like if you, you don't know what your individual purpose yet, you just gave a perfect answer in terms of like where to start, which I really, really love. Carson, any like final thoughts? I was just going to say, I don't know if this is going to make any sense to anybody but me, <laughs> which I feel that way a lot. Most of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think something I struggled with when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do was kind of, um, you know, I had this job in ministry that it was very obvious how I was going to glorify God. You know, every day I got to do that because I was working to create services to teach people about, to teach students about who Jesus was and how he was somebody who loved them unconditionally and how they had value and worth no matter what. And it was really easy to see how that could tie into my relationship with Christ. Like it just, it made sense. It all fit together seamlessly. And I think I struggled a long time with, you know, like this seems like the right thing to do because it is glorifying God every single day and teaching. I wouldn't get the same opportunity to do that. And it took me a little bit of time, but I realized, you know, like the same way that I'm glorifying God in this job, I can do that in my job, in my teaching job. It just looks a little bit differently because it's not as cut and dry, but I can still teach people that they are loved. I can still teach people that they have value. I can still glorify God one way or another through this job, even if it's not directly working in ministry or, you know, working in a church, you know, there's still ways that the two mix together. And 
I depend on my relationship with God every single day to get me through the day. And I try to show, you know, my students, my coworkers, everybody that same like love of Christ that I feel like we should show as Christians. And, you know, and I just think it's important to realize that jobs and ministry are awesome, but you can glorify God no matter what you feel like that purpose is. And that was something I struggled with for a while because it seemed so easy here. And like, this was the right thing to do. And like, God must be calling me to ministry because like Mm -hmm. it's church, like that Mm -hmm. makes sense. But it took me a while to realize like, no, like you can glorify God in anything that you're doing. And it's just as important to do that in education as it is to do it in church. So I just think that that's another important thing that took me a long time to kind of realize. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Well, guys, I think we're going to wrap the conversation right there. Carson, thank you for joining us today. Jordan, thank you. You're going to be a part of these all the time, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today as well. Guys, thank you guys for tuning in wherever you guys are watching this or listening to this today. Um, We will see you guys next time.